Welcome to the Chat Talent People podcast. I'm Alan Walker, and in this episode, I was joined by my second favourite Australian after Crocodile Dundee, Katrina Collier. We talked about the impact of people's behaviour during a crisis and how you treat people during one will be remembered forever. We also discussed some of the incredible opportunities that will come out of this particular crisis for humankind, not just professionally. Enjoy! Please take your seats. This evening's performance is about to begin. Hi, Katrina. How are you? I'm very well, Alan Walker. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome to the, the Chat Talent People podcast on this uh, lovely sunny day up here in the Midlands. How's, how's it, the weather where you are? It's glorious down here in London as well. And if I look out the window, I can see spring has definitely sprung down here. Oh, excellent. Well, for, I've done my usual British thing and asked about the weather. Important. So uh, we've covered that point. Well, absolutely. <laughs> uh, for those that might not know you, and I reckon that's a relatively small popular <laughs> pro- proportion of the HR population anyway, but we never know who's listening to this. Tell us a little bit about who it is you are and what it is you do. So I am Katrina Collier. I'm probably now best known as author of The Robot Proof Recruiter which is a book which is all about putting the human first and the in technology into its supporting role to improve uh, human engagement, really, through the entire recruitment life cycle. Um, but I'm a recruiter of old. I then was training for quite a long period of time. And in the middle of that, I set up, of course, several UK-based Disrupt HR events. So that's hence I have this sort of I'm known in recruitment and I'm known in HR because I have these two sides to the business. Uh, but there will be no more training going forward. I'm heavily focused on facilitation and something new in the pipeline as well. So that's probably why I'm known best. And I think for many years, I've just been known for somebody saying, be human. That's just human first recruitment, treat people better. Yeah, we could talk about that, certainly. And mm. then I will say, I have read the book. I've certainly read the book where you where I'm named in it anyway. Um <laughs> It was very funny. <laughs> at, at the book launch, um, my gorgeous friend Melanie Silverman, who's one of the case studies in it, she just went to the back and she looked herself up and she's like, for now on, I'm just going to be Silverman, Melanie, 99. Don't call me anything else. <laughs> She just loves it. She's in the index more than anything else. Um, Yeah, I'm super proud of it because it's a community effort, which is Mm. a big thing for me. I didn't want to write a book and people go, come on, Collie, when did you last recruit? Because it's actually, it is trickling on. You know, I've been, I've been out of it for a bit. I don't think the basics have changed, but what I wanted to make sure was that what I was saying was relevance. It's just backed up with so many people's ideas and experiences um, so I'm really proud of it. 74 contributors. Most I think of- that's what I liked about it because there, there are mm. too many books written by um, so-called thought leaders and influencers who who also haven't recruited for 15, 20 years. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know, is you, I know yours is – I know, no, no, I know. That's I Also is the wrong <laughs> phrase there. There are people who haven't recruited for 15, 20 years, yeah. telling the world how to recruit, yeah. and um, but with no contribution for anybody else or no opinion. You kind of think – and you know, as, a, you know, as someone who's – recruited what three years ago me so it's a yeah. while ago also yeah i think when was the last time that she did it yeah uh, but yours was great because you 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 kind of acknowledged that you were like you brought in all of that different contribution from different people oh, and, and brought it to life with your with your writing style yeah, so i, I think excellent. i'm probably a hang on when did i last recruit so i was in-house yeah so i did my first training january 2012 so it, so yeah 2010 so i am i'm hitting the 10 and that's oh. why it was a bit like, well, hang on a minute, <laughs> like, come on. I don't think the basics ever change. And actually in a no. way, because I haven't become so like 
oh, here's a LinkedIn in model to just spam at somebody because I haven't done that. I actually really remember the human connection. Um, but it was, again, I must back this up. Um, and it was just, I, I sat here filled with awe every time I would ask the community, you know, ask the specific people, can you help me with this? Yeah, Jerry Crispin, a god in recruitment industry, asked yeah, yeah. me on his Sunday morning. I can't just message him as you do, thinking, oh, come back later. No, no, he answered me within five minutes on a Sunday morning, and I was just like wow. sitting here awed. Um, so there was lots of that. Um, so, uh, most of them are named. There's a couple of anonymous because they said cheeky things, but uh, <laughs> they, they know they're in there. <laughs> no, but very proud of it. Brilliant. So we're, we're having this conversation. I was going to say smack in the middle, but we could be at the beginning mm. um, of the COVID-19 crisis that's, yeah. that's pretty much impacted everybody in some way, shape or form, Absolutely. but certainly in different ways. Um, I know you're fairly experienced in terms of working from home, but you also do a lot of, lot of international travel. Mm. So how has the current situation impacted you personally and professionally? Well, yes. Um, I have had a lot of bonus days with my dogs because I haven't been on a plane. <laughs> and it's funny because I actually hadn't been on a plane for about six months. Nobody had really mm. realized, but I'd actually been home quite a lot. Um, but there were trips that just started cancelling. And of course, with trips cancelling meant work was postponed. Um, mm. And that has been interesting. I mean, it felt initially a lot like, oh no, we're doing 2008 again. I feel nauseous. Oh, oh, oh. Because my entire pipeline stopped and just moved. Yeah. It's not necessarily gone, but it's postponed until, well, when? There's a good question. Um, In the middle of that, I have seen clients treat me poorly, and I have seen a a client pay me in advance because they're like, we want to help you through this. So you can imagine which one I'll be recommending going forward. Um, And that I'm finding quite interesting, how people are treating people through this. Absolutely. Um, As far as the work from home, it is very easy for me. I'm not really understanding why people have a problem with it. I don't have children in middle. My children have four legs. Um, and Banjo has just jumped up to join me while we're on this. But, you know. If anybody's wondering, Katrina yeah. doesn't have a four-legged child. She has a dog. And I've Banjo two is the dog's name. I two dogs. One's Banjo, one's Lance. Yeah, I know. They're quite well known. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, they have a following of their own. It's quite funny. Because uh, everyone's like, cool. oh, Lance, every time I post a picture. Um, but... So for me, it's quite easy. I definitely fall on the introvert side, even though I'm very loud. So I generate my own energy. So it's actually very easy for me to work from home. I, I like to be away from all of the noise. Um, and I do know people are struggling with that, but I don't quite get it. Um, hmm. But I am loving seeing the creativity of people. You know, uh, Louise Tryons and Claire Bush have immediately put on something that's for all of us, our, the one-person companies all out there kind of trying to work our way through this so we can jump on that in a lunchtime chat, um, seeing lots of other companies who almost talking to their staff more now they're not on open-plan offices. Because when you think Weird, about it, it, there's lots of open-plan offices with noise-cancelling headphones on not talking to each other, and suddenly yeah. they're all remote talking to each other on Zoom. So I'm kind of I wonder whether that amused. I wonder whether that's people look across that open plan office and look at look at Dave with his headset on yeah. and look and peer at him and think, he looks all right, he's probably okay. But you can't do that when you're all working in remote offices. No. And uh, so it's it's I think it is leading to some kind of better behaviours around that. Yeah, I think um, a lot of us are looking within to see what what we can do differently and how we can help others. And and you're seeing that really fast. There was an initial sort of grieving period. 
and now, I mean, certainly my Facebook is a lot more people sharing quizzes and, and uh, I mean, not the normal spam ones, ones they've created themselves yeah. um, or saying, oh, come and join us. We're having a, a, not a bingo night, but that kind of a thing, pub quiz night online, or we're doing a drinks on Friday online. And I'm, I'm quite enjoying that, seeing it appearing and the creativity of people. Yeah, it's good. Absolutely. And um, what is it? So you mentioned that some of your work has been pushed back, postponed, mm. um, etc. And and I'm guessing from your comment about it's been a spend more time with your dogs, you have a little bit more time. Yes. What are you doing with it? Yes, I definitely have more time. Uh, well, the first week I grieved. Um, and yeah. the reason I'm going to say that is because I think there are a lot of people that get sad but stay sad or get sad, get over it and then get really angry at themselves for being sad. It's okay mm. to stop and lick your wounds. And I did. I had an entire week because when all this stuff fell out, again, it was money, but I also, my trip to Australia fell out, which also meant my trip to Papua New Guinea, which I was super excited about. I was oh, doing the Kokoda wow. Trail. Yeah. So that was my holiday for the year went. And also, I didn't actually realize how much I was looking forward to going home because I have such a strange relationship with my, you know, Sydney. Yeah, But actually, I felt very down. So that first week, I did go into a spin and not do much. Uh, and then I kind of went, okay, breathing space. What are you going to <laughs> do now? There is going to be a new normal going forward. Right, the facilitation that you started doing already, which is like lightning decision jams, and I have to thank Steve Usher and Chris Raw for getting me onto that. I love it. Um, and I've run these sessions with uh, hiring managers and recruiters. And what's so brilliant about it is that they can come up with where their problems are and the solutions in a couple of hours. <laughs> They're incredible. It's a kind of design thinking sprint yeah, stuff. Or, yeah, 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 that yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. And, of course, there's tools and technology that you can use to deliver that online. I just need to learn how to do it. So I already know I love the impact to the community that these sprints have. It's mm. just learning the new tools so I can do these online while people are suddenly sitting here thinking, actually, well, hang on, we do have some breathing space as well. Maybe we should clear out the blockages in our recruitment process. Yeah. So I'm doing that. And then, of course, for ages I've been wanting to do this and haven't done it. Because my issue with training is I spend a day with you and we do all this work and you might role play and you might run some searches and you might do this, that, and the other. But when you go back to your office, you're overwhelmed. So yeah. the day job gets in the way and you just don't implement it. And, you know, for many, many years I trained and for many years I felt like that was probably a waste of my time and their time. Even though I loved it, they're not going to use it all. Yeah, and they probably enjoyed it in the moment, during yeah. the session, they're all buzzy. Absolutely. And, but then they left. How's that, yeah, how's that training? Has it sunk in? Nope. Um, have they implemented it? Nope. Um, is it making any difference? Nope. And that, really? Is that, that what you feel, that, genuinely? Uh, 90% thrown out the window every time. I, sometimes I hear people go, oh, I still pull out your training manual from like five years ago and still use it. So, But I think because we're not then given the space to implement it, whereas now a lot of recruiters are suddenly going, oh, I can actually assess my pipeline and actually mm. implement some of that. But what I wanted to do was really look at – I'm not allowed to call them baby recruiters, but I always do. It's really bad. Uh, <laughs> less experienced recruiters. Oh, come on, baby recruiters. New to the industry, new to recruitment. They might have five years of experience, but they've come in at a time when it's technology overload. 
Yeah. When you think about you and I, we're a wee bit older. I think I'm definitely older than you guy, a long way. <laughs> and <laughs> not a long way. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I'm big O next year, and it's not one of the more fashionable big O's. Um, <laughs> and um, we we remember how you had to properly go find people and properly engage with them, properly talk to them and use your human <laughs> skills because you couldn't just send an email and get a response and just pull them in with no real interaction. So I want to develop those human first skills that I talk about in chapter two of the book, or it might even be chapter one of the book. All of the, the empathy, the compassion, the persuasion, the adaptability, the curiosity, all these kind of skills but yeah. over a 12-month program. So I'm in the process of setting up a mastermind and how it will work is that groups of up to 15 recruiters will come together to like learn together from each other. So we'll have an hour online and then they'll have something to go back and go, okay, so I'm going to work on my curiosity. And they have to document each time they're curi- like curious and something that they do so they get even more excited about it. And then we come back together and discuss how we got on, and we I can use Zoom and split them into rooms and nice. get them to. So they'll work. They'll act as a cohort, will they? They'll go yeah. together through that course. Yeah, and then they'll have their yeah. own little private WhatsApp group, so it, you know, can answer anything that happens in between sessions. So they actually get it in the muscle, you know, rather nice. than okay, yeah. even doing a role play and on a, in a training day doesn't mean you'll go back and use it. Whereas this way, they'll be really accountable and you're using it every day. Uh, and I've had the idea to do it for forever but now it's like okay here we go and you know so I'm learning how to do all sorts of stuff like subscriptions on Stripe and (laughs) all sorts use Zoom better and all sorts it's been really cool in that respect because it's so will people uh, sign up for that as individuals or will there will it be through will it be groups of recruiters in one particular company or how will it work I could do both but I have a feeling it would work better with 15 recruiters from around, you know, like across Europe and the and US yeah, even, yeah. who don't know each other because then you can ask a stupid question without thinking, oh, that's going to get back to my boss and they're not going to like that, that I didn't know that. Because these no. people are not going to impact your, like, <laughs> you know, employee rep- reputation. Yeah. So I, I quite like that. And then kind of going, oh, well, it's like that to recruit in, in Poland or Germany or, you know, Canada or, because you've got the different ways of looking at it, all different thoughts and ideas coming together. I'm super there's excited a, about it. There's a book I've read recently by, I think it's Matthew Saeed, where he talks about rebel thinking. Mm. And they reckon, and he says, and then the hypothesis in my mind seems seems to make absolute sense, that if you have a room of people who are all from the same company or from the same background or whatever, mm. um, your chances of solving a problem or actually learning anything are so much lower than they are if you've got 15 relative randoms in a room. Yes, they're all going to be recruitment professionals. Yeah. But if you've, like you say, one's from Poland, one's from South Africa, one's from Argentina, one's Absolutely. at the really early stage of their career, one yeah. works, one's 10 years in, one's working for a big corporate, mm. and one's working for a startup. That will in itself foster uh, innovation and creativity, for, even far beyond what you can be doing yeah. to tell them, just working together as a, as a group. It'll oh, be really powerful. I bet I learn loads yeah, <laughs> as yeah. well because, you, you, one, I'll get challenged because no doubt I'll get asked questions I'm not expecting, which will challenge my own thinking. Um, but just from hearing their collective experiences, exactly as you said, I have to look that book up. What was it called? Rebel Thinking. 
no. Rebel thinking, rebel I think, thinking. or rebel ideas. Rebel Re- something by Matthew rebel. Said. Oh, that yeah. sounds brilliant. Yeah, it's a really good book. It's so good, I can't remember the title exactly, but it is but that's good. Okay. As, lo- <laughs> as long as you remember the uh, Robot Proof of Crucia, obviously. Yeah. Of course, Actually, of course. You- well, I'm in it. Why wouldn't I? I know, I'm just checking. Did you- oh, uh, so it's Walker, Allen. Alan. Uh, Walker, yeah. comma, Allen. Uh, 2,232. You're in here twice. Goodness wow. me, what did you say on page 20? Anyway. So special. <laughs> <laughs> moving on, moving on. So we've, we've seen, um, we touched on this a second ago, but we've seen some really lovely behaviour since yes. the crisis kicked in, <laughs> yes. but also some um, questionable behaviours as well. Uh, do you think we're seeing people's true colours or is it just people's reaction to stress or is it a bit of both? I think it's a bit of both. Um I had, I mean, I'm thinking of a couple of examples. One was um, I thought I managed to get 20 copies of my book before the pipeline ran up, ran out, right? I have to actually buy my book. Do you? <laughs> and, yeah, I do. Yeah, because it's published through Kogan Page. So I have to, right. I get an author discount, um, but it's not enormous. Um, and of course, I donated my royalties to Hope for Justice Charity. So I don't actually mind buying my own book. Anyway, okay, I managed yeah, to yeah. get 20 copies and I thought, well, I know what I can do. What I can do for community and to help is I can give away these copies every Friday on the social recruiting show. For anyone who's currently struggling to get a job or is maybe being made redundant, whatever it might be. Anyway, this particular person won the book and I messaged them and said, oh, somebody put your name up. And I said the person's name um, to win a copy of my book and you've won it. And they accepted my invite to connect and just wrote back their email address. And I wrote back and said, no, it's an actual book. And they just, they just wrote back their address. And I just went, I ended up, I sort of took a lot of breathing. And then I eventually went, uh, hi, uh, forget it. Like I've never, had, I have never had such breathtaking rudeness in my life. Like I'm that just, so rude. you're like a great And his response back was, I'm just overwhelmed. And oh. I went back and I said, there's 7 billion people feeling overwhelmed. Everybody is impacted by this virus. It is a complete leveller. It, as we've seen, our Prime Minister has it. It's not being yeah. selective about who's getting it. Uh, 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 Prince Charles has had it. It's impacting everybody. It's, it's showing us that key workers are actually the ones we pay the least. You know, It's like it's everybody is being impacted by it, um, which sort of made him pull his head in a bit and be very apologetic. But it was a bit like, okay, so that was a stress example. Others are actually just uh, showing their true light, I think, and how they always yeah. feel. To me, this virus is about it's showing us our impact. You know, oh, gosh, we thought the cows were creating all that pollution for all this time. Uh, no, <laughs> it would be your commute to work, which you probably don't even need to be doing in your big four-wheel drive. Again, yeah. I don't understand why anyone drives those in the UK, but moving on. Um, you, know, you can suddenly see those clear skies. The, the pollution is dissipating. We're being shown our impact. I can watch, in particular, when I take the, I'm allowed out, so I'm allowed to take the dogs for a walk. And, and when I'm out on the walk and I see a fox cross the road and I don't have my heart in my mouth thinking the fox is going to get run over, they, f- they feel freer, they feel safer because we're not outside. Yeah. So we have this incredible ability to see our impact and we also have an opportunity to help community and you're seeing people doing that, like the person that paid my invoice early to help me through this period of time and someone else got in touch to help me through this time. And you're seeing these the kindnesses coming as well. And to me, this is what this virus is about. For going forward, it's less impact, more community, 
enough of the me, me, me. It's time for the we. That's how I see it. That makes absolute sense. So, and I think it's this crisis is a credible opportunity for all of us, isn't it? Not just oh, yeah. HR folk or professionals, but you know, the whole world in yeah. terms of can change into the, how we can behave to for the better. I was um, I was thinking about something last night about the about the environment. So, kind of touching on your point of absolutely, mm. you know, the animals feel less scared, less afraid. They're out and about more. But actually, you know, the evidence that environmental campaigners must be gathering during this period yeah. about the impact that humans slowing down mm. and not doing all of that bad stuff they've been doing for years now whether it's manufacturing or mining or travel mm. or throwing pl- as much plastic away or perhaps eating most of the food they buy rather than chucking half of it yeah. in the bin. all of that stuff is given us a, a, a very short but hopefully very powerful case study about what we could do to change the world over the next 10 years or so and and the impact it's going to have in the long term we could do quite easily as well yeah i was chatting to animal friends insurance because um both the dogs have been into the vet right before this went down i think goodness before oh my poor vet um who has an underlying health condition who was still having to see patients i I really felt for her um Mm. Anyway, they were saying, oh, we were one of the few insurance companies who were already set up to be able to cope working from home. And she's, and he said, we're all really? at home. Yeah. And he said, we're all at home. There's no problem. Whereas lots of them are lots scurrying around in sheer panic. And it's like it's completely possible for every – and well, certainly knowledge workers, you know, we were talking about, weren't we, before yeah. the show about – there are people who have to be in an office and the whole work from home thing has destroyed their businesses. Some of them will never recover. Some of them are, mm. are not going to reopen. And they're the ones we should be desperately supporting if we want them to reopen. But, you know, there are plenty oh. of others where actually we don't need to be in an office anymore. Or And the point is, you know, the HR and recruiters listening, you don't get to go back to work after this and say, guess what, you have to work in the office. You don't get that anymore. It's gone, full yeah, stop. absolutely. Because your excuse of because we're not set up for it because we don't allow it isn't going to hold weight. If people decide in this time that working for home from home is really good for them, that's what they're going to want. Yeah, it's uh, just going to be huge, and uh, and also I I think it will change people's attitude to how they measure individuals as well. I'm hoping, sorry, I don't think it will, but it should. Mm. Um, looking more at individuals' outputs rather than their inputs. So rather than worrying whether someone sat at a desk from eight till six every day mm. and whether they're the whole presenteeism piece they'll start to look actually i don't give a monkey's where they are yeah. when they're doing it or actually to a certain extent how they do it mm. as long as they deliver results and results shouldn't just be about bottom line they should be yeah. you know happy colleagues happy customers happy employees etc exactly. etc as part of that piece how you get there and certainly the amount of time you put in to get there should be irrelevant. I personally, yeah, I've, absolutely. I've spent the last three, three, four years pretty much since I became, started working for myself, mm. doing on average six, six hour days. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm the one who picks the kids up after school every day. Yeah. And then, you know, I have them at home. And I, I sometimes do a bit of work once at home, but sometimes I don't. Mm. And I kind of suck it and see. But what I do instead between nine and three o'clock, I had to work really hard, really <laughs> yeah, intensely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I get as much done as I can in that period of time so that if I then decide I don't want to work later, I don't have to. Mm. Whereas I used to, when I used to go into an office, I'd rock up at you know, eight, half eight, whatever it was, and leave at half five, six. Mm. I know full well I was only doing about the same amount of work as I am now over that 
nine hour period and it <laughs> because is, there's so much fannying around exactly and this is one of the problems with some of the companies that are implementing this that are doing things like they're opening up a zoom room and to watch that their employees are sitting there at their desk from oh. 8 30 to half five and you're like yeah nah doesn't work like that and i'm, I'm in full agreement with you i came into this year and I decided I was going to start my day at 10 o'clock because, of course, I was training for the Kokoda Trail, which is a 167-kilometre hike through the jungle in Papua New Guinea. Christ knows what I was thinking, but I'm doing it next year now. Um, They don't know that yet, but they will know that shortly. Um, (laughs) So, But it it was like, I'm going to start my day at 10 o'clock and I do work until half six and I work fairly solidly, but I can assure you in the middle of that, I chit-chat with my flatmate, I go and make myself a cup of tea, I put a load of washing on, I hang a load of washing up, I do all sorts because I'm not standing making coffee for 20 minutes and having a water cooler (laughs) moment Um, like you, but I also work when I want to. So if I don't want to work on Fridays particularly, I will... Uh, work on Sunday because it suits me yeah, and my lifestyle likewise. and how I want to do stuff. Um, but there is a, a, I believe how companies treat their people through this is going to deeply impact the future of their talent acquisition and retention. Actually, I think yeah. lots of companies are going to lose lots of people, not for furlough, just because no. they go, do you know what? Am I allowed to swear? No, I'm not allowed to swear. Screw this. Yeah, you are. Screw yeah, you are. No, no, because yeah. if you want to keep your iTunes rating, you can't go FTCK this. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of people are just going to have their eyes opened up to a, another way of being. You know, I don't have to spend an hour like a sardine going into town. I can do my job at home. But, you know, a few things on that from a personal point of view, I think it's very important to leave the house and go for a walk walk or something before you start your day there needs to be a change from my bedroom which is literally behind me to my office which is like what was the dining room I I took it over I I can't just walk from one to the other and start my day I need to physically leave and then come back and that's okay you're allowed to do that um yeah yeah but I also it's always just start to go. You do start to go a little bit stir crazy, don't you? Even before now, when it's even harder to get out and about, I think you can easily get into that um, kind of cabin fever mode, can't you? And almost, yeah. Do I dare leave the house now? Yeah. I don't do it, so should I? And <laughs> it's like you've got to force yourself to certainly get yeah, out and go for a walk. It might only be a five-minute walk. It doesn't need to be a you know, ten miles. It does not need to be ten miles. And on that. All of you polyester-clad boomers that are out there trying to run, please stop it. You're freaking me out, man. You're freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> I, if the virus doesn't get them, the coronary is going to get them, right? Okay. <laughs> gently, like I'm I'm demonstrating the gentle walk. Feel free to emulate. Yeah. Oh, gosh, some of the stuff I'm seeing, Alan's freaking me out. Um, but, like, and more seriously, though, from a – if you're getting depressed while you're doing this, and you're finding it really hard because you're used to being around people, start with what you're grateful for. Just even start with three things that were great about your day or go with, like, think about it. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you wake up in a comfortable bed. You've got a duvet over you, keeping you warm. You know there's food in the fridge. You know you can get a cup of coffee. You know that you've got something to do that day. Like, focus on absolutely everything you're grateful for. For me, it's, you know, the fact my Labrador is still with us at 14 and eight months old and, you know, I've got this crazy springer and I've got it. The flatmate might be the ex-husband, but he's probably the only person I'd want to live through this with. We get on that well. It's like, you know, gratitude, 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 and then contact somebody, have a conversation with somebody, get in touch. I've had people getting in touch with me from around the world just to check in on me. 
And that really helps um, with the mode. But I did want to make sure that we really do just cover this point. As you as a company, so for anyone in human resources listening to this or a CEO, whatever you might be, how you treat your employees, your clients, your candidates and your suppliers through this are going to permanently be on your record. And by record, I mean the internet. That company Mm. that's choosing not to pay my invoice, I'm within moments of writing something on Google Map so that anyone (laughs) who looks up the company knows that their invoice probably Mm. won't get paid. And that will impact people wanting to work for them as well. So just think about how you are treating all of the people that your company impacts. Because if you're not treating them well in the future, it's going to be on the internet. I mean, the reviews are not just on Glassdoor. They're on Indeed. They're on Kununu. They're on Google Maps, for goodness sake. Um, Yeah, they're everywhere. How you treat your clients, you know, or your customers are everywhere. People do not, they're they're done. They've had enough. They don't want to work for companies like that. Particularly if they have skills that are in high demand. They've got choice. So something to really think about through this is how can we do better? And obviously, if you're a bit stuck on that, call Katrina Collier. I hear she's quite good at helping with freeing recruitment blockages. <laughs> oh. And on that note, yeah, on that strong I, message, I one that I completely, completely agree with, um, I'm going to say thank you. It's, uh, thanks for your time, as always. It's been good fun. Absolutely, always. Thank you. It's an honour. And um, I, I, don't forget, Alan Walker is in the Robot Proof Recruiter. And actually, can I just quickly do a plug for the charity? So. Go on then. Yeah. Royalties um, from the Robot Proof Recruiter go to a charity called Hope for Justice and the Slave Free Alliance. Hope for Justice aims to end modern day slavery, of which 40.3 million people are currently impacted and really suffering right now through this virus. And the Slave Free Alliance, um, I highly recommend if you have a supply chain of any description that you have a look at them, just make sure that you don't have slaves in your supply chain. They will be people in your neighbourhood and you wouldn't even know. This is not just nail solons and car washes. So um, I'm really awed that that's where the royalty is going. So thank you. And on that on that <laughs> even more important message, we will now end. Thank you, Katrina. Thanks so much, Alan. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Head over to chattalent.com for more blogs, vlogs, webinars and other great content about HR, talent and recruiting everything you could possibly need. Enjoy!